When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com What up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet, get $150 in free bets instantly. If you're looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA finals, do so with the DraftKings Same Game Parlay. This NBA season, a customer placed a $5 same game parlay. They won over $5,000, y'all. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds. Boom, you've got a shot at an even bigger payout. What you're going to want to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNBR so they know that we sent you. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals. Get $150 in free bets instantly. Again, that promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. What up, guys and gals? We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. As always, I'm Justin Michael. And today, I am joined by my good friend, Ryan Green, a.k.a. RG, the man behind the lens. He's been so busy lately. I don't know if you guys follow DNVR. I'm sure you do. If you're listening to this podcast, dumb thing to say. But he's been cranking it out. He was at the Nuggets workout yesterday, amongst other places. What was the vibe like there? You know, for David Roddy, it really seemed like he was kind of the bell of the ball. Yeah. I mean, everyone was there for David Roddy because it's it's it was the you know, Colorado State kid, you know. Um and I think uh, for me, it was just nice to see him. This is the probably the best chance of us seeing him in a Nuggets uniform <laughs> at the moment. Um, but there was also uh, Wendell Moore that was there from Duke. I mean, that was like a pretty big name, but everyone was there for David Roddy. That's that's what we were there for. Was EJ Liddell there too from Ohio State? He might have been. I have no idea. I, I, like, I, I looked be- at the list a couple of days ago. I, I believe he was. I'm not 100% on that. But okay. yeah, I mean, there, there were some big time national college basketball names there, but it was all about David Roddy. You know, one of the things that, that Brendan talked about that kind of stood out, and I mean, this is no news to you or I who've been around David before, but he was just like so prepared for the moment. You know what I mean? Like he was composed, he was calm. Yep he was confident, but not cocky. Like I, I feel like he killed the, the interview process just in terms of like the media. And then obviously getting a lot of FaceTime with the GM and coach. Yeah. So that's where this kid is going to 
that's his best chance of getting drafted because he was so personable. Like he, like, like you said, we know what a great interview he is. But yesterday, man, he, I think he talked for 20 minutes with the media and he was just friendly. He never seemed like annoyed. He never got like short because he was done talking. Always had a smile on and we continued talking. But the thing that I noticed shooting the practice or the, yeah, the practice or the workout um, was that afterwards him and Malone were talking for like straight up like 10 minutes. And it wasn't like, you know, sometimes you can kind of tell that, it, you know, if, if a player is just talking to a coach, he's just standing there kind of saying a few words and the coach is talking at him. But, and you'll see, and I have a spotlight coming out from yesterday. You'll see in some of the clips, the two are like engaged with each other, talking about something, using hand motions. Um, and he talked to ever, like all the Nuggets staff that was there. He like walked around to everyone. He was talking to Calvin Booth at the end of the practice. Um, so I think that's, I think he knows that as if you are a, if, if they like you as a person that will absolutely increase your chances at getting drafted or at least be on a summer league roster. Yeah. He's got the schmoozing side of things down at this point. And I mean, you have to like, especially when you're, you know, a guy who's, you know, you're not a seven foot, you know, can't miss, you know, the guy that everybody's drooling over across the country, he's going to have to kind of win people over. But I do think it's that personality, just the maturity that he brings to the table. Like he's always been wiser than his years, but he just feels like a Michael Malone player. That was one of the things I was talking about with Brendan Vogue, like hard worker, willing to do the dirty work. And that was another thing that he talked about, just understanding that he's going to have to be a role guy. He knows he's not going to be, you know, Mountain West player of the year, dominant David Roddy in the NBA. You know, I can hit open threes. I can get rebounds. I can guard one through five. He's saying all the right things. Yeah. And so I was going through the uh, footage yesterday and on the mic, you can hear when Malone and Roddy first meet, it was kind of hard to hear, but if you really listen, Malone goes, I'm proud of you. You look good. And so, and that was one of my takeaways from yesterday as well is Roddy was in shape, man. Like he was beefy kind of, you know, last year for the Rams, but he is a, he's like getting to just muscle now. I think he is slimmed down a bit, but he's just a big human being. And so I think that goes to what you're saying. I think he sees what he needs to do and is working his ass off to do it. And that's what coaches like Coach Malone love is that, hey, man, if you are not blessed with MVP-like talent like Nikola Jokic, the best thing you can do is try and outwork whoever's guarding you or everyone else on the floor because that's that's what you need to do. You if you you just need to outwork them if you can't out-talent them. So I think that's the kind of player, as you were saying, that David Roddy can be. Now it's just seeing if uh, a team loves him enough to give him that chance. Yeah, I feel like it just comes down to effort, understanding of, of what you're supposed to do, you know, what the coaches want you to do, and then just not being detrimental. You know what I mean? They're, obviously, you want to hit open shots when they're available. You want to, you know, get the, make the right passes, get the rebounds, do all that. But they're not going to need him to be out there, you know, in ISO situations, trying to create his own shot. And like, if he's doing that type of thing, even if he hits them, like in a summer league scenario, I don't think that necessarily is going to better his chances of making a roster. You know, I, again, I just think it comes down to being like, I'm going to be a glue guy. I'm going to be a really important role player. And I think he could be very effective for a good team. I just think he needs to really lean into that. And then, you know, not get too worried in, just the, oh, you know, I got to drop 15 in this game or right. something. And I'm not really worried about that. It seems like he gets that. But I, I 
that's one thing I've been trying to keep in perspective throughout all this. No, I think you're right. And that's not like, that's something that he can know that he needs to fix, but that's also something that when you're the star at CSU for as long as he was, that goes into your like habitual playing habits, right? Like, yeah, totally habits twice there, but it's like, so he has to like, as a, as a person who was like a centerpiece of the Rams offense, he would say, all right, it's time for me to go to work, like, and all that stuff. And now his going to work, maybe, all right, I need to go get me a steal. I need to box someone out and get some important offensive rebounds, you know, for a Nuggets bench that is not, that has thrown up a lot of bricks, you know, <laughs> historically. So that's, I think that's where, if he can have that mentality when he needs to go to work, but just change what the work is, I think, and like you said, I think he's capable of it. I think he just needs, again, reps in a team that has faith that he can do it. Yeah, it's just a different mentality. And I do think that ending up in an organization that has, you know, a clear-cut plan for what they want him to be, not just, you know, we think you're athletic, you know, we think you could kind of do a couple of things, so we'll try you at this, we'll try you at this, we'll see how it goes. Right. I would rather it's just, you know, like, look, we we view you as a three. Occasionally, you know, you're going to be guarding wings. Occasionally, you're going to be going up against fours that are a little bit bigger than you, but you know, you're going to be a three and D guy. You're going to get rebounds. You're going to have to be able to switch when, you know, screens happen and that type of stuff. But it, it, it's just got to be clear cut and defined. I don't want to, right. I don't even know if this is like a great example, but just like Orlando or something, it feels like where misfit toys end up. And then they're just, I don't know. We'll throw a bunch of dudes out there and see right. what happens. Well, so the, that also, but that goes like, starts going into what may be like hurting his NBA chances is that it still seems like, there were a lot of scouts or whoever was there yesterday from the teams watching. And then they came over and were talking to the media members and I overheard some of them and they, it was, it was his size, his height. Like that was kind of the first thing that stood out is that like, and he was standing next to Malone and I'm like, he's not that much taller than Michael Malone, but like, so if, if they do find like a specific need, that's where I'm also like, okay, so where, where would he fit in a specific role on an NBA team at his size? Is he guarding a point guard? Is he guarding a wing? Is he trying to be physical with like us, like a Draymond? Like I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where he is. And I, like, that's where it starts to get like, okay, that might actually hurt him because it's just, you can't deny the worker and you can't deny that he is skilled. But when you really just like try and find where he is on an NBA court, he may start to get like lost. No, it's definitely possible. And I mean, he talked about it when he very first made the announcement that he was going to stay in the draft, he talked with me and Kevin Lytle and Eddie Hers, And, you know, he's like, I'm going to have to prove that I can guard one through five. So I think that's going to be a big thing for him is he's going to be able to have to stay with quicker guys that are smaller than him. Right. And also, you know, not get bullied by people that have six inches of height on him. And bingo, maybe he can't, we don't really know. We just, you know, at times he did all of those things at CSU, but it's mm. just a completely different level at the, at the NBA, obviously. So, I'll be rooting for him. Um, ultimately, I, I hope he gets drafted. I know you do too. Yeah. 21 feels a little bit steep, uh, just in a really deep class. Like I, Nobody would love it more than me. If the Nuggets draft David Roddy, I will buy three David Roddy jerseys. I'll have <laughs> you know, the Mile High City. I'll get a, right. the statement, whatever. I'll get them all. Does Do you see him fitting in on the Nuggets? Like, Do you, do you feel like he could have a role on the roster as constructed? Um... <sighs> I mean, I I guess the the thing about the Nuggets is is that like they're such a weird team. They have like eighty right, guards and, and, and when healthy, they they are actually kind of deep. Um, yeah, but 
I just, for me personally, and like, I just would want a worker like that where it's like, and you saw kind of like Bones Highland sometimes where it's like, yeah, he's a rookie, but the energy he brings is worth whatever growing pains that he's going to have out there. And that, I think that's what Roddy might just be able to do is that like, if your bench does come in and Nikola Jokic needs some rest, and they are, you know, Jeff Green is missing, you know, jumpers and they just can't get anything to, to fall. Would having someone with a motor like Roddy bumping people out of the way, getting a little physical, getting the rebounds, forcing steals, that type of stuff. Would that actually just bring the energy to be like, all right, we can at least maintain the lull, right? I think that's the problem with the Nuggets is that when Jokic was out, we're not expecting Jokic numbers when he's out. But when they when he was out, it was a drastic drop. It was just all of a sudden. They weren't even an NBA team. Like it was like watching a G League. I mean, in the right. playoffs, it was it was comical. Exactly. So it's just like that's where, while unique, would that unique skill set bring something just different to kind of keep the Nuggets or a team that needs just the bench to keep pace with their starters? Would that energy work for him? And I, I. I think it's a, you, you would have to see in summer league and preseason, right? I just don't like you. I, I have to see him on an NBA floor because it's, it's, you want to, you want the paper says, yeah, he's too short, but like, you just know that like, Hey man, if he gets out there and gets some type of rhythm, maybe he finds his niche. I'd be very intrigued what like him and Nikola Jokic and Aaron Gordon would look like together defensively. Right. And like, how do those switches work? And is Gordon on the wing or is he in the post? Like, and you know, same goes for Roddy. You know, what is he doing in that scenario? I I think best case, you know, you're hoping that he ends up somewhere between like a PJ Tucker and Draymond Green, which is obviously mm-hmm. the the comps he brought up. It's if anybody that's talked about David, it's the comps that gets brought up. So I'm not like bringing anything unique to the table here, but I you hopefully I th- I do think PJ Tucker's realistically. I do think being a Draymond like player is possible. I also know that Draymond Green is probably like a top 10 defensive player in NBA history. So like, I right. don't want to get too carried away. Yeah. And he's also uh, about six, eight and a half. So, you know, it's still got two and a half inches on him. Exactly. And I mean, two and a half inches is that, you know, it's not like, it's not like drastic, but in terms of like, well, and Roddy has the, the big wingspan, which helps yeah. make up for it. And he's got a nice vertical and, and all that. Like, I think there are parts of his game and, and just from being so athletic, like I think he can, offset some of those physical limitations from like a height standpoint, just because he can jump through the roof. It's really strong. But also then a lot of that, you know, blocking shots at the NBA level, it's all about like timing. You know, it's not just about being able to jump. I've seen Faku block shots, right? Like it's, (laughs) it is about timing and just, if you're smart and like, that's what David Roddy is. He's smart. He knows, you know, basketball. And so he can probably read when someone's about to go up or when a shot is coming, you know, he can just read the body language and that's all he needs to do. Um, but like, yeah, I, I just think it, it, the scenario I had in mind is when like Michael Malone gets all fuck it. No one's doing anything. I, the, the starters are benched for the second half. I need just someone to do something. And that's where I feel like Roddy would just shine. Monte Morris and David Roddy running the pick and roll together. would just be like all effort all the time. It would be great. You, and, but like and that kind of effort at altitude, you would think would be an advantage, right? Like if you can just get out there and wear people down, put David Roddy on like an old man, Chris Paul, right? And Chris Paul, like that's, <laughs> you're getting a Chris Paul that played the Mavericks. 
I, I did not give you a chance to think about this before, so I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, here we go. If he weren't to end up in Denver, let's say he gets drafted, because at this point, you know, we're kind of operating under the assumption if he is a nugget, it's probably because they sign him as an undrafted free agent because 21 steep, or maybe they trade back, you know, into the second round. Like there are options, but 21 feels steep. If it's not the nuggets, is there a team that you feel like you would like to see him end up on for whatever reason, because of fit, because you just believe in like the identity of the organization, the coaching? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, especially when it comes to, like, unique players like this, you're hoping for experience. So I think the Spurs would be, you know, kind of where I would – well, wait, is Pop even coming back? I sorry, I have no idea at this point. I have point, no idea yeah. anymore. Um, but also, I mean, like, the Golden State Warriors would seem like a team that would be like, yo, let's give him a shot. He dominated. We have – a coach willing to, you know, cater to players rather than, no, this is the system, freaking learn it. Uh, I mean, like, why not that? It seems like they're also kind of like the smaller, we'll, we'll run and gun you to death type yeah. of lineup. And if he's there gobbling up rebounds for Steph Curry and, you know, doing, if, if we keep comparing him to Draymond, if he's a baby Draymond, all right, give him to Draymond. Let's see what he can teach him. So, uh, those would be the probably that would be the Warriors would probably be the team that I'd be like, oh, all right, that that might work for him. As a Nuggets fan, I would despise it. <laughs> but, you know, I as a guy who knows David personally, it, it would be tough to be upset about that situation about, yeah. you know, getting to to learn from Draymond and Steph Curry and. They're kind of. It, it honestly looks like they're going into like a second little run here because they've right. got all this young talent surrounded with like you know the the veteran presence and that's hey, a man, really well run organization. Don't I sleep like on uh, Minnesota with Tim Connolly now. You know he and made, he's from Minnesota. Roddy's right. a Minnesota he, kid, like exactly. So he could be the summer league you know guy that they just want there because he's a Minnesota kid and Connolly's been watching him. It'd be cool if he went home. They have, I feel like that Minnesota front court is crowded though. I mean, Very when you true. look at who they've brought in and, you know, obviously Towns, I'd be cool to go home. I'm not, I don't know if I love that fit. Um, he feels like a Toronto Raptor to me. I don't know why. It just okay. feels like a place where it's like, if it, they like, you know, they find the Fred Van Fleets of the world and right. just like, you know, you're a little bit different, but we can do something here. Right. I just That's want him to end up bad. on a winning team, like not Orlando right. or, I, I don't know. Like some, he's going to end up on the magic. Cause I've said them specifically so many times now. <laughs> he's cursed him. My guy. I know Ugh. that's my least favorite city in America, by the way, Orlando, oh. Florida. Mine's Tampa. A, Mine's really close. Tampa sucks too. Florida yeah. as a whole is just terrible. I'm, if you're from Florida, I'm sorry. Southern Florida is nice. Like Miami, whatever. I wouldn't want to live there. It's cool. But most of it, I get why is old just people like, want to live there, but like, if you're from Florida and you Disney don't understand dumpster. why no one likes it, come on. Like, yeah. I'm just not into it. <laughs> Breckenridge Brewery, the hometown craft beer of your Colorado Avalanche, is celebrating this historic winning season with people who have supported this community through such a challenging year by gifting Avs tickets to a pair of community stars each home game during the playoffs, even the Stanley Cup Finals. We invite you to nominate a stellar community member and an Avs fan who should get the chance to celebrate at a playoff game this season. Each home game, we're going to hook up a fan and friend with tickets, gears to match, and of course, the drink of the season, Breckenridge Avalanche Ale. 
Breckenridge Brewery will also donate a portion of all proceeds of sales of Avalanche Ale through the playoffs to the Community Fund Boulder County to benefit Marshall Fire victims. Visit breckbrew.com to nominate a community star and send them to an Avs playoff game. Also check out the Breck Beer Locator to find the closest liquor store or grocery store near you that sells Breck beers. I highly recommend the hard soda line that came out this summer. Big root beer guy. The ginger ale is fire as well. They've got shandies coming out. Watch Outline and Kugel. They also uh, have just the good and company seltzers. I mean, whatever you want. Mountain Beach, it's sour season, summer. Breckenridge does not miss. Alrighty, I will get back to that conversation with Ryan momentarily. Uh, Real quick, got to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. Last week, we went with Nathan McKinnon to win the Conn Smythe. I am actually going to kind of hedge that now and recommend Kale McCarr at plus 170, currently the betting favorite after a really just a dominant couple of games here. Right now, McCarr, the betting favorite at plus 170, followed just behind uh, by Nathan McKinnon at plus 190. If the Avs win the Cup, it it feels all but guaranteed that one of those guys is going to come home with it. If you bet on both of them, you you get them at plus money still. You're going to come out ahead either way. And that's why it is my DraftKings Pick of the Week. Before we let you go here, there's a lot obviously happening locally, given that the Broncos just sold to Rob Walton for a whopping $4.65 billion. Yeah, buddy. A lot of opinions on the stadium. I'm curious, where do you stand with this? Does Denver need a new stadium? Do you want a new stadium? Um, I don't necessarily want a new stadium. Uh, I, I think it would be cool. I think it's just bound to happen. Like, yeah, it feels inevitable. Right. As it it just feels inevitable at this point. And just nowadays the stadiums are going to have roofs that move and that can house Super Bowls. Like that's just what it is right now. You know, it, it would be, it would be nice to keep it there and, you know, have it at mile high, but I just think we're all uh, destined to be driving down Pena Boulevard and getting off an exit before DIA to go to the Broncos new stadium. Now, do I care if it's indoors or outdoors? I actually don't. I really don't. Um, I I think a lot of diehards want the outdoors. I'm a season ticket holder and I will say confidently put a fucking (laughs) roof on that thing. I'm so tired of freezing. Right. So like all the diehards will be like, no, 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 we need the snow. We need all that stuff. And I bet the same diehards will say, boy, if it was just 20 degrees warmer in 2012, I think Peyton Manning would have beaten the Ravens. And so it's like, you know, like, what do you want here? I think, I think, like you said, everyone says they want snow, but like when it's like 70 degrees indoors, when you walk in at, at from five degree weather, I think everyone's going to just shut the hell up about it. Like, it looks pretty on TV. I get it looks cool, but there aren't that many, like, aesthetically pleasing snow games on TV anyways. You know, like the Raiders Patriots O2. It's usually just, like, crappy and cold, and you're sitting there in tin seats for four hours. Yep. And, I look, there are... I've been going... When I was a kid, the only games I would get to go to were, like, the terrible weather games, because that'd be the ones my grandpa didn't want to use his tickets on. (laughs) So he'd be like, you know, have fun, you know, and I'd go with my dad. Uh So when I was a kid, I embraced it. I I get it. I do think there is a home field advantage of it. But at this point, I'm just like, I'd rather be more comfortable. I, you know, I think it opens up possibilities, obviously, from a Super Bowl. But you could potentially get a Final Four here. You know, concerts. There's just a bowl game. I mean, there's just so many more possibilities if, if you do this. Yes. And 
take it from someone who has covered many Broncos games, stood on the sidelines, stood in the first level, second level, third level. The best spot to watch a football game, folks, is at home. It's uh, especially when, if a new stadium is being built, you can expect those ticket prices to be up there, guy. So it's, uh, I, you know, just just get a get a nice television. They're pretty pretty good now for cheap. Yeah, if you're not into the, if you're not into like the whole experience of, I feel like if you don't have like people and camaraderie, you know, I I know all the people that are in my section, so it's kind of like a big party. It's it's fun. I've known them for twenty years, but. Other than that, like visually, it's a better product on TV. It's more convenient. You can watch all the other games. You don't have to deal with travel. If you're worried about going out east, you know, there you go. It might not matter. Like we said, if they get a new stadium, I'm sure it's going to be very LA Rams esque, where, you know, you get oh, a bunch it, of corporate tickets. And well, it'll be cool. It'll look great. It'll you know, look pretty. You'll, you'll definitely want to be like, oh shit, I got to go see it. Um, you know, they'll probably have some, some cool, they'll put like, Bucky in the center of the of the <laughs> big screen <laughs> that encompasses the top. I, I don't know. It'd be it'd be pretty cool. Interesting times to be a local sports fan. Fun times though. How you feeling yes. about the abs? Just real quick. I know this is one of the CSU podcasts. Bro, man, knows. like so. I I was like the first couple rounds. I was looking for reasons that the abs weren't the team of destiny. And the first one, it was the Florida Panthers, right? They were the, I was like, they got Claude Giroux. Like they're going to go on that run, right? Like that, that's it. And then they got swept. And then Tampa Bay was like, oh, it looks like they're going for three in a row, man. Like this is going to be tough to beat. Like they're going to go for three. And then New York has given them a, you know, all, all that stuff. And then I was like, oh, like the Rangers have Shesterkin. Like these, he's on a historic goalie run right now in the playoffs. And, and then I was like, oh, and then the lightning took care of that. And so now I'm like just actually thinking. I was like, wow, the Avs just may be the team of destiny this year. You know, they're scoring. You know, they have Kadri showing Blues fans up. They're scoring with five seconds left. They're coming back from 4-2 in the third period and winning in overtime in Edmonton. Like, it's just, they just seem so dominant. And I think it was great seeing them not smiling next to the uh, Clarence Cup because uh, that just shows that they are literally, uh, they're just fucking robots right now and their mission is the cup and that's that is the feeling i'm getting so i i just think i don't know how dominant they're gonna be in the cup but i just i cannot see this not ending in a cup for the abs feels very 2015 broncos where it was just like i don't know how they're gonna pull it out but they're gonna pull it out some way the long break does worry me just because i go back to the rockies world series and all that but i just feel like this team's so composed and i think the rest is going to do much more good than it does harm in the long run maybe they're a little bit rusty in game one or or something like that but yeah just nate dog they feel so locked in right they just that's exactly what it is they're just locked in like they they know what they want before we go here, I, I want to ask you a couple of things. We used to do this back on our podcast, The State of the Centennial, Hell yeah. half a decade ago, which, <laughs> God, the time has We're so flown. old. I <laughs> know. It's terrible, dude. I did. I mowed the lawn for my grandpa yesterday, and my back was, like, killing me. It was like, <laughs> oh, my God. This, it just all goes downhill from here. But oh, shit. What have you been streaming lately? Oh man. So I am halfway through the new season of stranger things. So good. Uh, yeah. So I was worried cause I, I'm a stranger things fan. And then when I saw the kids like grown up and then I'm like, okay, so they're not the, like, I've some had of them concerns. Away. Yeah. Right. I was like, how are they going to do this? 
And then it's been pretty decent so far. I was like, all right, this is, I can get behind this. And then after that, it's uh it's the new season of the boys. I gotta, I gotta, I'll probably start. I've seen, I've, I've been through one and two once. So I think I'll probably do one, two and three again. Um, That's the, uh, the, Amazon like Amazon dark before. superhero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, and I'm, not, like, I'm not sure they're heroes, but you know what I mean. Yeah, well, well they like, kind of are. Yeah, it's like yeah. Deadpool so they is. are, but like the whole point of the show is to be like, oh, what if what if superheroes were evil? But like the more I watch the show, I'm like, no, I think that's what superheroes would be like. Like that's just like the world that we live in, and that's what they would be like. They'd be imperfect. Um, and then uh, I I didn't. This isn't a streaming thing, but I swear to God, like if you have not seen the new Top Gun, you need to go see it. I saw it with my sister at a five o'clock showing. I loved it so much. Uh, Eric, AKA D-Line Co here at DNVR and Brendan Vogt were going to a nine o'clock showing. I went theater to theater to watch it again. Like it is so <laughs> good. It was just like, it's like the perfect summer movie theater movie. It's just so good. I know I'm going to love it. I, I'm not a big cruise guy. Uh, you see, I get that. Because I'm also seeing like the previews for the new Mission Impossible. I'm like, there's no way. How are we still doing this franchise? I promise you, it's just like a fun movie. Just go for Miles Teller. If you don't like Tom Cruise, no, go I, for that's Miles. the thing. I love Miles Teller. So I think exactly. I'm I think I'm gonna be into it. I'm really pumped. Um I watched last night on Netflix, it was a comedy special from Adam Sandler that came out in 2018 called hundred percent fresh. It's huh. a little weird. Okay. But it came out like three years ahead of its time. It's totally like Bo Burnham-esque. The whole thing's very musical. Oh. It's really silly. Um, just hilarious. I, the last couple of years, I, I don't really know what it is. Like I always liked Adam Sandler growing up, but I started like listening to him in interviews and stuff. And he just seems like such a cool dude. And now he's like my favorite celebrity. He's, he's reached that like, he, like back in the day he would do all the weird like snl voices and songs and all that stuff but he's reached that like the he you know he's been enlightened he's right he's he's now the enlightened comedian where it, it, it's like almost like when i watch dave Chappelle, where i'm like dude this guy has been doing it for so long he just knows what works and it's just all gold coming out of his mouth that's what i feel like adam sandler is now he's just been around for so long and he's done so many things he just he's just a good person now that's the ironic thing about you see online, you know, people complaining, you know, like cancel culture and the death of stand up comedy. And I do think that people at times get a little bit too offended over jokes, but it also like it's such a great time for comedy. I mean, you have like just some really heavy hitters out there, yes. like Chappelle, obviously, with, you know, coming back into relevance. But I'm a big Bill Burr guy. OK. And, I, you know, I like John Mulaney. And I just I feel like there's a lot of good comedians killing it now. Um, I, he was, he was canceled recently, but I just watched Louis CK's newest special and I, it's just hilarious. I love his comedy, whatever he, just the way he delivers his jokes. I am laughing at it. I just, that's just I was me. a big Louis CK fan too. Um, I don't know. It's one of those ones where it's like, can you separate the art from the individual? Fair. And that's fair. And, and no, that's what I'm, I'm not like getting preachy. I think it's different for everybody. I, Struggle right. with the same thing with Kanye West. You know what I mean? Like, I love his music. At the same time, I'm like, this guy's kind of a lunatic. I don't know if I want to support him. <laughs> but Ryan, as always, great to catch up with you, man. I can't wait until we can hang out again soon. Thank you oh, for coming on, dude. Yeah, man. Anytime. I only seem to write when the words, they don't come to me. I'm staring at this page and I swear it stares back at me. Read between the lines, see the blank and all the happenings. It's been 35 and I ain't even wrote like half a thing. Rhymes that make sense, but more lines that didn't. I was walking with my headphones heavy bumping.
pivot, simplistic white pages They dreaming we were famous They say they like the cadence, mark the summers like cicadas And features, those ain't favors My mood rings an alligator Spit like Vader with the saber Steady kicking it like Prater Staring at white paper, it's habitual behavior Check the flavor, that's some sage advice But confidence, a great disguise And certain lines are idolized Like yeah, I'm fine and I don't mind It's out of sight, it's out of mind And I've been dwelling on my past Just to see what I can find Lost and found memories of places I designed And my imagination's dimmer now But I swear that I can shine Look me in the eyes And I hope you walk in my shoes Only talking haikus Cryptic like it's high school Funny you can click around And find my shit on iTunes And I only seem to write When the words they don't come to me Staring at this page And I swear it stares back at me I've been doing that for days See, staring at this page I've been doing it for weeks Staring at this page And it almost makes me weak That's pathetic It ain't hardly had that deep Fuck I've been dreaming I've been dreading I've been hardly half asleep Counting sheep Like it's beats Rhythm and poetry And my verses seem better When they're not between the lines And my cursive seems neater When it's ruined half the time And these songs sound better Before they're posted up online Before I've heard this same beat About 600 times And the graphite from my pencil Seems to smudge and not shine Staring at this page And it almost seems fine And I probably erased About 600 rhymes Read between the lines See the blank and all the happenings Five years a song, I guess it's happening.